They're fine. Dude, if you're if you're two B's Wendy Clear and then three B's Dysentery <laughs> Gary, or vice versa, that we're done. That's it. We're calling it. I'll buckle up, man, because yeah, my number two is Wendy. We are Clear. calling it. What's your three? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> what's your three? It is dysentery. That's it. We're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that's it. We're gone. Good night. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a uh, different band, different artist, and we break down one of their records. We try to have a good time doing it. We get into the lyrics, music, how it's made, all that good stuff. Uh, While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify especially, give us five stars, give us five stars only. Bring that rating up. Please go do that. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. Check us out, follow us, tell all your friends. We have a Discord server. Join that too. We have a good time on that. Um, and if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. And now that the intro is out of the way, what are we doing today, Jeff? We're doing uh, Enemy of the State by Blink-182. Well, you butchered that name, but that's okay. Blink-182 formed in 1992 in Poway, California by Tom DeLonge on vocals and guitar, Mark Hoppus on bass and vocals, and Scott Rayner on drums. They currently have eight full-length records, not nine, they have eight full-length records, two EPs, three demos, one live album, and two compilations. (laughs) That we're doing today is Enema of the State. It's the band's third album, their third album, and it was released June 1st, 1999. The album features Tom DeLonge on vocals and guitar, Mark Hoppus on bass and vocals, and Travis Barker on drums. It's the most successful album to date, selling over 15 million copies worldwide. So, uh, Jeff, what is your uh, your origin story with Blink-182 like we've never gone over this before? Because we've done Blink so many times. But this one's different. So what do you got? I, th- I think it's different. Is it different? Because I thought of, I was like really, I was really, really trying to think, like, when was the first time I ever 
heard Blink or paid attention to Blink or whatever. And I remember being, yeah. here we go, cue like the, the little sound yeah. going the, the to memory lane sequence. here. There, there, yeah. there you go. I remember being on a bus going to camp because we always take the buses to camp. I remember being on a bus listening to Limp Biscuit while another counselor was like, oh, what are you listening to? I don't remember what I was listening on. And I was like, oh, I'm listening to Limp Biscuit. He's like, oh, that's that's cool. But he probably thought it was awful. Um, and he said, listen <laughs> to this. This is what I'm listening to. And he played uh, What's My Age Again? And I was like, oh, that's actually my Asian friend? pretty fucking dope. Like that's I like that song. So maybe like maybe it was this album. Maybe it was like What's My Age Again after after End of the State came out. Yeah, could have been. I don't, Sounds I like don't, it. I don't know why I have the specific memory. Maybe this memory is completely false and, and fabricated. Just something that like my brain came up with to connect dots that that are are lost. I don't know. Well, don't know. most of the music that you like originates from camp, so it makes sense. That's true. It does make sense. Uh, the time frame fits because I went to start. I started going to camp when I was like twelve, thirteen. Like yeah, time frame wise, it's it's just it's just about there. So, I don't know. so then, yeah. So then, camp is your is your origin with what's my age again? So my my origin story with Blink is um, what's my age again? That was the first song I ever heard. I remember riding around on bikes and golf carts uh, with my friend John, and uh, and yeah, and we would always have the radio playing, whether it be K Rock, Radio Disney, Kiss FM, or whatever. And and we were listening to K Rock this day on this day. It was a hot day. It was during the summer. I remember that because we had just been swimming in his grandparents' pool and we were driving around the golf cart and What's My Age Again came on and that was the first time I heard it. It was something I'd never heard before. It was so unique, so different. I wasn't sure if I liked it at first, but then after the song finished, I was like, wow, dude, that song was great. Eventually, I, I, I recorded it on a little cassette tape and then I would listen to it all the time. And then you know, I went out and got Enema of the State and then the rest... Is history. So that's my origin story: is riding around in a golf cart and bikes and listening to the radio on K Rock. So there it is, my Blink One Eighty Two origin story. So let's jump into um, Enema of the State because this is our starting point with the band. Um, And what is your uh, what are your first impressions on this record, Enema of the State? And then we'll start with all the small things too because that's the song we played and. I think we should just get through that and move on. So what do you got? Yeah. Go. So like like first impressions have always been not always, but for the for the majority of my life have been great. I've loved this album. When I when I started playing guitar, I, I tried to learn a lot of these songs in their entirety because they're a lot easier than than like the classic rock stuffs. And so a lot of these riffs, a lot of these songs I were some of the first things I could play through from beginning to end. And as anybody that plays guitar knows you don't learn a song, you learn a riff, essentially, when you're True. playing guitar, <laughs> and you move on to the next thing, because uh, playing the same fucking power chords is annoying and boring, especially when you're not singing along to it. Um, so, like, like this does hold, like, like high nostalgia, because I listen to this a lot, and, and almost, like, more than any other Blink album, because I've listened to this more in my early days than my later days. And then it kind of tapered off. It it fell off for 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 many many years as I got older, and for the past maybe like eight years, this has been this has been forgotten. I don't I don't go back to this that often when I when I listen to to Blink on the vinyls, especially I don't I don't pull this one out. 
because yeah. there's a lot of things about this album that I that I just I don't like. I don't like, and I wish they were not there because they're very very annoying. But this <laughs> week, man, this week this week something changed. This week something changed. Pop punk season was in full effect, and I was I was very much in the scene. I was very much in the genre, and this week uh, brought me back around, coming back around again. <laughs> and I, I, God damn, this album was so fucking good. And I only yeah. have, I only have one non-banger. That's all the small things. But even then, like this is uh, all the small things is the most pop punk sound song on the album. Like it's, it's oh, the most sure. generic blueprint. Let's lay down a blueprint. What makes a good pop punk song? Let's write that. That that's what it is. So. Yeah. Um, give your origin stories and then we can go into all the small things, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My uh my no, my initial thoughts on thoughts. on Enema. Yeah, on Enema of the State. Uh you know, th- I got this record right after I heard What's My Age again. So this is summer of ninety nine. And but I don't I remember getting really into it like around Christmas time, like winter. I remember going out to the desert and my cousin was out there dirt bike riding and just hanging out with my cousin a lot and we listened to this record a ton and at that point he had he also had Dude Ranch so we were listening to a lot of Dude Ranch and a lot of uh Enema of the State and i just i just have so many great memories of of this record and that time like when like r- around Y2K cuz i remember we were out in the middle of the desert when uh, over new year's eve so i remember like our our parents were always saying like oh yeah we're going to get back to civil cuz we were in the middle of nowhere so no cell phone for the few that did have cell phones, no cell phone service. We were in the middle of the fucking desert and, and we're like, yeah, when we get back, the whole world's going to be, you know, destroyed and nothing's going to be the same. And then we, of course we come back the next day and nothing changed over Y2K. So I, I have this very vivid memory of Blink-182 and this record and Y2K and just that whole, that whole thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, th- this record, I agree with you too. This is this is something that I don't go back too often because one, I've heard it a thousand fucking times and it's just not their best. It really is not. I'd rather go back to Self Unentitled, to Toy Pash, to Dude Ranch, Neighborhoods, whatever it may be. Enema's always at the bottom of the list. You know, it's just, I, I don't know why. But then this week, like you, I... I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I listened to it so many times this week and I loved every moment of it. And it was surprisingly high on my rankings. Maybe uh, it was because I yeah. hadn't really listened to it that long. You know what I mean? You still put Neighbors as number two, but that's fine. I do because Neighbors is a better record. Oh. Uh, oh. It is. And you're just stupid for ranking it so low. Wow. So go listen to that episode. Everybody listening who hasn't already listened, go listen to the rankings episode and then hop back onto this one. But anyway... Um, yeah, Enema, just, it really, there's something about it this week that just really, um, I really, really loved outside of all the small things, which is my 12B, because I do have 12 bangers off this record. <laughs> it is, it is my 12B, uh, which is fine. So yeah, all the small things, this is arguably, I'd say their biggest hit outside of I Miss You. It really is. Like everybody knows this song. It's it's Anana arguable Nas. this is their biggest hit for sure. Like that's, yeah. you can make a claim for either or. It really is. I mean, it's played everywhere. And Commercials, um, sporting events. I mean, even a couple years ago, Tom DeLonge posted that video where he was at the Padres game and they were playing all the small things. And then he put like <laughs> the self in selfie money. He's like, what the fuck is this? Like he was being all stupid about it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just really funny. Dude, they play this song everywhere. Uh, and I mean, the video, I still think the video is very funny. It's you, very, very funny. If you can mute the music, like the video's solid. The video's fucking hilarious. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's very of its time because it's making fun of very specific artists. It's so like aggressively making fun of somebody. Like, it's not even like hiding it at all. It's like up front, straight up, like, hey, we are making fun of you. Yes, that exactly. Is, that's great. I love that. Like, the, one of my favorite ones was where he's, where they're, they're like, Christina, the, it's based off of the genie in a bottle, Christina Aguilera, and Mark and Tom are both like sitting on the sand and it's kind of, it's at, it's at dusk. And they're like kind of singing to each other and then they bite the flower. They eat, they start eating the flower. <laughs> and then when Mark has the 182 tattooed on his arm and then they're pouring wax on him, like candle wax. <laughs> it's just, so it's good. so fucking funny. Like the Ricky Martin, it's just, it's so, it, it's a, it might be one of the most perfect videos of all time. I, I, I just love like, that, that beat scene with like the, the, the white shorts with the white like tube top <laughs> and the big yeah. ball that he has. <laughs> so good. It's great, man. Travis they is a cool guy. Like, they went to all like the locations where they filmed a lot of these Backstreet Boys 98 Degrees videos, which was really great. And the dancing is terrible. Oh, man. It's, it's great. Good video. And, and, and f- this is also the music video where uh, Mark met his future wife, Sky. She worked for MTV at the time, and she was on set for the All the Small Things video, and that's where they met. Yeah. So, And they've been married. You know, They've been together ever since. So... The only relationship that's lasted between all the members, between Mark and Sky. So Mark and Tom or Mark and Travis has lasted pretty long. Well, I meant like their relationships with their with their women. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. That's that's what I meant. But uh, with yeah, their anyway. women, oh, they're 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 possessive now. Okay, they're, gotcha. yeah, they're, they're possessions. I mean, Tom needs a girl that he can train. I mean, he says it in one of the songs. Damn, how dumb we just fallen off for me. Wow. <laughs> but it was like your favorite off MTATs. Off the Dumpweed is is my so like I I have eleven Bs because all the small things is an okay song for me. But Dumpweed is my eleven B. Eleven B. Okay, so yeah. you do have twelve Bs. Okay, well, I have like a, I have eleven Bs. Well, you have twelve because small things is a B for you. I just can't. I but, can't put it as a B. I can't do it. I would never <laughs> fucking play this as a song. No way in a million years. I wouldn't either. I, I don't. Do we have anything else on all the small things? I, even, I, even on like a goofy like '90s like pop hit playlist, I wouldn't even fucking playlist it. Just, I wouldn't do I would. it. I would. It's still I'll, catchy enough. It's I'll jump around and fucking sing along and be an asshole when I go see Blink Live and they play it. Yes, but I would. I would never ever play this song again. It's just shocking that they still play this song live. They have to. Everybody loves <laughs> like it. Like even even but even when you watch videos of them playing this back in 1999 and 2000, they seem too old for it. Like it's just it's such a it's such a dumb song that nobody should ever play this song live. No, it's terrible. And now they're in their late 40s playing still playing this song. <laughs> so um yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm good with moving on with all the small things. I yeah. it's just it's just Fuck a em. dumb song. Sure. B. We already played it. Welcome. Um I mean, you did you did bring up Dumpweed. We might as well just run through that real quick, yeah. Since that's your eleven B, uh, that's my five B. Okay. And I want to know why this drop, why this is so low for you. It's not about like why it's so low. It's about that. So like when I when, obviously when when I start doing things, Dumpweed is my one B when I start the record, and then Don't Leave Me comes. I say, okay, Don't Leave Me is better. I like it better. Aliens exist. Okay, Aliens exist is better. It's better than Dumpweed. Yeah. So then that's how I go. It was just a matter of Dumpweed just getting kicked to the side by other better songs until the point where I was like, wow, Dumpweed's not not like even like a great song on this one. And okay. it's really not about why it's not good. It's about why other songs are better because I do really, really fucking love the song. The song starts off so fast, so aggressive, and Travis just circles around that drop, right, with those simple hits 
like working like the oh, symbols yeah. until it hits the chicka chicka. Like we're just circling at that point, and that's a very like kind of like I don't know punker thing to do, right? Let's the, like while the guy with the mic is just kind of like oh let's see that fucking circle pit going here we go, and they drop in. That's what kind <laughs> Travis is doing there with the symbols. I dig that. Are you, are you talking about like when he when he hits like the the bell on the ride symbol yeah. going into the fast part into the chorus? All years, Travis. Oh no, no, I'm not talking about that. In the very, very beginning, the first like okay, ten seconds. Okay. We're talking about something different then. Okay. Got yeah, it. the first like ten seconds is 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 is, is Travis building. Yeah, he's kind of doing that, that that kind of offbeat, you know, with the symbol. That you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like an offbeat, but. It, Tom, makes, it makes a lot of Tom's sense. laying down the, the the riff, but the riff isn't isn't nuanced at all. It's the same fucking riff throughout the entire song. Travis is the one that nuances the riff. True. No, you're and right. So even yeah. though I think Travis is way too fucking busy, it's not that Travis is busy. It's it's the fact that Mark and Tom aren't that good. They're just not. <laughs> you're right. But what I what I also love about Dumpweed is is leading into the because the ver- the intro and the verse are, are it's kind of like a pop song like it's not it's not a punk song at all but then there's that transition into the chorus where it just speeds up and it it just comes out of nowhere but it's so fucking exciting but that transition that that travis does into that that fast chorus is so perfect like it's busy but it's it's necessary to make that to make that transition because he does that that crazy like kind of drum roll he kind of goes all over the place and then he hits that he ends it with that bell hit on the ride cymbal there's not it, everything else is quiet and all you hear is that bell hit and then it drops right into that chorus and it's yeah. fucking perfect i that, that is dink. to me is the yes that to me is the best part of the whole song is that bell hit i love it absolutely fucking love it and 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 really like the reason why this is also lower is because the live version is so much better and yeah and that's that, that's it's not faster. entirely fair because when you speed up a song in general at least for like me for us for the pod we always kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's way more exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, the the live version on on Mark Tom and Travis show, which we're gonna call MTATS, that uh, dude, it sounds like they're about to fall apart. It's out of every song off that live record, that Dumpweed is the one song where it sounds like they can't keep up with each other, and it just sounds like it's about to fall apart. Yeah, I love it though. I love it. I love the part. I love the part also, like right before the chorus. Yeah, that's 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 the one. That's a tink tink, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I guess I get it. But I am I am also not a fan of Mark's bass tone here. I think his bass tone is just way too distorted, and it sounds like it was it was run through a computer. Sounds like shit. This is the only song on the record that is that like aggressively distorted and that like fake sounding. Are you talking about like through the whole song, or is there one specific moment? The whole song. I don't think it sounds good. So there was one part. There's there's a part at the end. I guess it's kind of the outro where where Tom is singing. I need a girl that I can train. Where he just repeats that part, and you know it's 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 the palm muted heavier power chords. But then Mark's bass, man, it cuts through that mix real nice. It sounds it sounds really really great, especially when you're but it sounds when processed. You're listening. It sounds but it sounds but it cuts through fake. the mix so well. There's no like. There's no like that, unique. The, the, there's no like unique quality to it. It unique just sounds like a loud, distorted, baseline. Really, I, I so just, let me go into GarageBand, download a plugin. Let me do. Uh, let's see, aggressively distorted bass. There we go. Do that one. Plug in these <laughs> notes, and that's what it is. This song is. Um, I don't know. This song is all right. Okay, that's fine. It's it's your eleven B. 
Uh, it's my five B. So, so let's low. Uh, let's start with our. Let's just now that we've got kind of the the negative stuff out of the way. Um, let's jump into our biggest bangers. What yeah. is your your number one banger? Your one B. My one B is the party song. Here we go, motherfuckers! Ooh, I, I knew it. <laughs> I love the way he whispers that too. I can't. I, I just. It. I. I can't. I really. I really tried to like make something else. My 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 one B, but I just. Yeah. I can't. I can't get over how perfect the song is. Everything about <laughs> this song, from beginning to end, from that spoken word intro. That here we go, motherfuckers! Yeah. Like how fast <laughs> it is, but like how precise it is, how quick it is. Everything about it is just. Everything about this is honest and is fucking fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I, I this is my four B. I do love this song a lot. They've rarely ever played this song live. Can't. I think they played it last in 2014. Oh no, no, they they played it with Matt Skiba. I take it back. When they did the Enema tour, the 20th anniversary tour, they did play it with Skiba. But prior to that, they I think they had only play, ever played it like maybe two or three times with Tom, and that was um, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of him leaving again. And they actually they nailed it. They did a really good job, and I was very very surprised. They they pulled it off. It's, but yeah, no party party song, arguably one of the fastest songs they've ever they've ever recorded. I mean, I think it's faster than online songs, faster than Generational Divide, which, you know, shouldn't be a blink song. But um Yeah, I think this is probably the fastest song they've ever done. Yeah. Maybe yeah. strings. Strings is kind of a fast song too. Strings. Some early stuff. It's some um, of the, the early I, stuff is fast, but yeah. I, I like Tom's little noises that he does, like those little little like uh, string hits, like dunk, 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 the little clunky things yeah. he's doing afterwards before <laughs> it drops into like the really crazy part. And like I don't know, you're right. The song is just like crazy fast with like an unreal and catchy chorus. Even those little like quick hits are are kind of chugging a pop punk way. Like everything mm-hmm. about this is just so it's so heavy, but masked with like pop punk undertones. And, t- and Tom's guitar parts in the pre-chorus is super boss. Those, those little ding, 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 yeah. He's doing like pull-offs and shit. Like that's not like crazy or, or he's, he's no Eddie Van Halen or nothing, but that's a little elevated for such an easy riff. And he easily could have just hit every single note individually, but using pull-offs, like why? Why do you need to do that? But he does He does the whole pull-off thing a lot on, on Enema and a lot on Toy Pash. He does a little bit on, on Self Unentitled, but... That was kind of like his signature thing. I would, I would. He does, but, he does, he does it a lot. But this is, this is the, this is like the start of it because he didn't need to do it here. He does it a lot on Toy Patch for sure because he yeah. can't hit the notes that fast. Here, <laughs> when they're going that slow, that he he can hit those notes good. if he wanted to, but he chooses to pull off because that's what guitarists do. I guess I don't know. That's what they do, dude. A lot of guitars, dude. Well, well. This is one B. This is fucking fantastic. So okay. good. What? So listening again this week and really taking it because I haven't, I haven't honestly taken a deep dive into these songs in many years. I know we did this years ago on the podcast, but we weren't taking deep dives like we are now. And and really, I was really kind of picking things apart and. Mark sounds really nasally on this song. It sounds like he's trying to sound like Tom. That, that he's singing a little bit higher than he normally does, and it's extremely nasally. And I've never ever noticed it until this week. Well, um, don't don't but, forget that Mark Mark has always been the one to to go the distance. He's always been the one to to stretch his vocals either up or down, 
Whereas Tom has always kind of been more the one to go in the middle, to stick in his register, to stick in what he knows best. Mark's been the one to venture off. Doesn't always work. Most of the time, it sounds kind of like shit when he's going too low or too high. But yeah. at least he's uh, at least he's kind of trying. And I think it's just him. Oh, it sounds bad, but I think it's just him like trying to like please please Tom and trying to be better <laughs> and sound like Tom. Yeah, okay. like that Brad Pitt line, right? Like you trying to. You trying to be like me? You trying to be me? I don't know if that was Brad Pitt. I don't know why I said Brad Pitt. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> at all. I don't know what what you're trying to reference, but that's fine. <laughs> all right, um, Brad Pitt said that. In Ocean's Ocean's Eleven. Did he say that? He said that did to uh, that? George Clooney actually. Did he though? I don't know. Um. So yeah. So we were talking about how kind of re- how the just song is super fast. It doesn't really. It, it's just super fast, but then the chorus does hit though, and it does slow down a little bit when that mel- when that 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 hook comes in. I do like the break because had the song just been relentless and just not stopped, it wouldn't be as good. You need that hook to round out the song, so it it's just the perfect balance of the the speed and and the melody that really makes the song great. That's what I that's how I feel about this one. And I really I I think that I think that like the reason they don't play this, they didn't play this live is because of those palmy parts it's, it's not it's yeah. not the and then when i saw her standing there part it's that maybe we'd had some fun maybe we'd watch that i don't think they could do that properly and keep up with travis like travis geek time obviously but i don't think they could do it with travis and i think I that's think why ta- mark's why because, play live. because mark's not having to do the, the palm mutes you know he's not it, doing he, anything yeah absolutely but it's 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 tom that has to you know his right hand has to be absolutely perfect way like too any crisp. sort of any sort of mess up with his right hand doing those parts completely derails the song so i get <laughs> why they, they never really played that song this song because that that's that's one reason why because you just you fuck up once the whole song's ruined the also, part. i also fucking really love right when at the end of the, the little pre-chorus part when it says i learned some girls tried too hard when he says i learned some girls try to and then it's only travis doing the bass like do 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 some yeah. girls try too hard and then it goes into the chorus it's oh my really god it's so good. good and then the the dana nas in the background when i was a kid i just thought it was so funny me and my friends we used to we used to pretend that he actually says hump madonna so Madonna, Hump Madonna, Hump Madonna. Hump Madonna, and we would just laugh because we were fucking ten years, eleven years old, and singing about humping Madonna. So that's I just thought that was a fun little. little I will tidbit. I will forever now say Hump Madonna. Hump, Hump Madonna, Madonna, you will. Hump Madonna. Hump Madonna. Some girls try to Hump Madonna. Hump Madonna. Madonna. It's really stupid. Um. Anyway, let's play a little bit of the party song. We'll get into the lyrics because there's some stuff. Go, I, I broke down the lyrics, and uh, there's some stuff. There's stuff I want to talk about. So oh, wow. here it is. The party song from the Blink 182s. There we go, motherfuckers. Do you want to come to a party? My friends pick me up in a truck at 1130. The six at a flat house with people are cool there. Reluctant, I follow, but I never dreamed there would be someone there who would catch my attention. I wasn't out searching for love or affection, so I paid my three and the girls got a free shine. The beer for tequila and we headed into the party. And then in the backyard, some terrible stuff and some money in the background. Trying to intoxicate girls to give them head after the party And then I 
There's a little bit of the party song from the Blink-182 At the party. <laughs> I don't know why this fucking song keeps pausing. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Spotify. But anyway. It's too good. Yeah, the party song, it's it's a great fucking song. So what do we? Uh, what do you have lyrically on this song? I mean, I'm curious what you have lyrically because I, I thought it was just about a party and, and going to a party. and um, This is like a lot of, of, of youth. What? youth in this album yeah and we've gone to parties and, and you go to a party and and ultimately you're there to like meet girls that's why you go to fucking parties and and he thinks yeah. he's trying he's going to there to meet a girl and he meets a girl and she's not what he wants and he's like ah fuck this shit and he kind of wants to go home after that because that girl sucks you're right I, I i agree with you on there so what i wanted to talk about was how um how of its time the song is every what they describe oh, yeah. in the song is stuff that doesn't it's it doesn't apply now or it doesn't happen nowadays so so first of all there's a house party where you have to pay to get in which is definitely which is something that doesn't really happen very often anymore or at least i don't think it does a uh, house party where you pay uh, a ska band playing in the backyard terrible ska band very regional <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah very regional very of its time a ska band playing in the backyard of a party uh and then how he wants to go home and have phone sex with one of those sex lines which don't exist don't anymore exist. or at least i don't think they exist i'm sure they anymore. probably exist but maybe i don't know, I, I don't know. Yeah. but i mean you remember when we were kids and teenagers like you'd be you'd be up late at night watching tv and say "Ooh, call this number 1-800-HOT-FUCK baby (laughs) 1-800-BIG-FUCKING-DICK or (laughs) fat wiener or whatever it is yeah it was always something really stupid any adjective and 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 noun afterwards it was always a 1-900 number because a 900 number you would have to pay for 800 numbers are toll free so you didn't pay for it. So the nine hundred, it was always one nine hundred, you know, blowjobs or something. I never called you know? nine hundred. I like we called like eight hundred numbers because it would answer like, oh hey baby, thank you for calling one eight hundred, fucking big butts, <laughs> and then we just hang up. <laughs> and we're scared. One <laughs> but it's very of its time. Like the nineties were about those sex lines. The sex hotlines. Um, and then also the mention of uh, Black Fly sunglasses. Yeah. That shit, man, I forgot about Black Fly. Like, that was, uh, that was so popular in the 90s and early Hell 2000s. Hell yeah, that was... Like, if you, if you had the Black Fly sunglasses, man, you were, you were cool, man. And then looking at them, you're like, fuck, dude, they're so dated. That shit was so fucking 90s. They're ugly. Black Fly was just like that company that, that was kind of like... Um like Metal Militia before Metal Militia was Metal Militia. It's kind of like a douchey yeah, fucking okay. thing people wore as like sunglasses and, and stuff. And I don't know. I, I always saw Black Flies as just like a, like a douchebag brand, like a DBB. I always like the logo though. I like the logo a lot. Yeah. I just, Where it looked like the, um, like a fly from like Mario yeah. or something like that. Yeah. 
was like suit like pixelated it was never like really didn't ever look really professional but i always like those stickers i used to have those stickers but like really there are things about the song that are not dated right because going to a party at 11 30 like that's not dated that's That's true that's of 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 that era of people that are younger like nowadays like when like like if i'm gonna go to house party i'm gonna show up at like fucking nine o'clock because by 11 30 I'm determining whether or not I'm going to get the fuck out of there in the next 20 minutes or I'm going to stay a little <laughs> bit longer. So like younger kids going to a party at 1130, that's 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 fun. Keg stands. That's normal. Right? Or, 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 that, no, yeah. That that still applies. That's why I didn't throw that in there. I only threw in stuff that 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 is dated. That doesn't that doesn't happen and nowadays. Then, but the and like the other thing sure. that's not dated is is giving up beer for tequila. Like when you go to a party as a child, a child, like when you're younger, you don't want to drink <laughs> beer. You want to drink tequila. I want to get as drunk as possible, as fucking fast as possible. Like, I, like yep. us as adults, as grown ass working middle class adults, when we go to a party, there's no fucking way in hell I would go to a party and if somebody handed me a beer or a shot of tequila, I would take the tequila. No fucking way. No way in hell. I know. <laughs> it's true. I don't care what fucking beer it is. I'm taking the beer. <laughs> And we all we've all known those people who just drink way too fast and drink a it lot. It was us. And then, it was us. But but no, but but then get to the point where you have to somebody has to take care yeah. of them. And then it kind of ruins it. We've all we've all known well, We've those all people. been those people at a time where like tonight tonight I'm well, getting fucking I'm getting toast. That's it. We're done. I'm done. Everybody's done. No, but we didn't re- I mean Mike did, but like the three, like me, you, and Ryan, we never really got that way to where we would just, we we had to rely on somebody else to, to get out of there or for whatever reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we were still coherent enough to, to, to not pass out. There was like a like a, in our in our group though. There was a lot of us. I mean, I do remember a time when somebody, somebody dropped Ryan off, at his house on the lawn. On that little like like little mountain, that little lawn. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Like somebody just like kicked him out of their car. And said, hey, here's where right here, here's where your house is. Bye. And then Ryan spent the night like outside barfing on that lawn all night. <laughs> so I mean, there there were definitely times, not not so. a lot of times, I but there was so. there was a handful of times for sure. Oh man, yeah, we were we were wild when we were younger. Ah, uh, which we know we're not gonna get into the details of what we used to do. Sure, but um. Nothing. It was nothing bad. Nah, nothing fire bad. alarms, fire extinguishers, bombs. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. That's all right though. Fucking <laughs> bombs. <Whoa. laughs> Why did you throw that in there? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that to the imagination of people listening. Um. So yeah, the party song. That's your one B. That's my four B. One B. It's probably aliens exist, huh? No, 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 no. Aliens exist is my eleven B. Uh, but my one B is Mutt, which oh, was surprising. Oh, wow. that's that's my yeah. Mutt is a really that's way too low. Mutt's, but Mutt's what not I like about B, Mutt, that's that's silly. It's 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 a really unique song in that. Well, I mean, not only was it recorded prior to this record, but it has a very kind of lazy, lackadaisical kind of feel to it and groove to it. Like, it, there's nothing that feels like it's supercharged. Where you know, like it's a freight train running. Like most of the songs have some something big or something fast that really drives the song. Mutt doesn't have this, have that that feel to it. It's just very. It's just very 
cool. Like it's a cool sounding song, and it's more bass bass and drum driven rather than guitar. There's there's cool guitar lines, cool lead guitar lines, but it's it's mainly about that instrumentally, and then Tom telling a story. And it's the only song on the record, well, outside of the party song, where there he's telling a story of of a, in this instance two people who constantly want to have sex with each other and that's all they want to do and uh, and i really like that it's uh it's a really cool song man lazy or relaxed my, feel I, I mine is for sure it. my number one most forgotten about track on this album like yeah. like it's just not because it's bad just because it's uh, like everything else is so fucking iconic and popular and i never i never really cared for the uh, the american pie series just I mean, like, mm-hmm. I've seen them. Actually, I've seen the first one. Just never, never really cared for them. But much first, the first one's really good. I would say it's really good. It's of its time and it's fine. It's really oh, it is. It's not really good, but but much, much definitely my number one forgotten about about song. But damn, it is a really good fucking track. And yeah, like Mark, Mark drives a lot of the song. His baseline is in the intro, fucking solid. Kind of works the neck a little more than usual. But dude, Tom's riffing is yeah. top notch. God damn, those little hits, little bit of hammers there. Oh man, like it's it's good, and even like Travis blends pretty well in the song. Since there's just a lot of a lot of noise going on, you don't really pay attention to how busy he is. But the thing with Travis on this, I mean, because this song was originally written and recorded with Scott Rayner, Um, it was originally produced by Mark Trombino. So the OG version of this was on the American Pie soundtrack, and you can go and listen to it. It's not on Spotify or anything or the streaming services, but you can find a copy on on YouTube. Did you listen to the one I sent you earlier yeah. today? Yeah. So it's it's very it's almost exactly the same. The only the big difference or there's two big differences. One of them is the drumming because the way Scott plays it, normally you'd think he would be this like 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 a voice I keep saying like a freight train like it just sounds like he's driving the song along, but in the, in his version of this, it sounds like it sounds very swingy. It sounds very loose, but he's still hitting those drums fucking hard like really, really hard, but there's a looseness to it. But when you hear Travis play the version, it's very, it's much tighter. It doesn't, it doesn't sound as groovy, I guess you could say. Groovy is the best word I could, I could use. It doesn't sound as groovy and it, it sounds like Travis is barely tapping those drums because he's just trying to get in as many notes as he can. And that's, I mean, like, like so, to be fair, Travis did keep Scott's feeling to the song. Like that's, he did. He, for he the essentially most part, kept yeah. the same beat, just added flourishes to it, and that's. You're and right. Like Scott was a great drummer for for the punk era of Blink One Eighty Two, but like like Scott would not be able to catapult Blink into the the upper echelon of of music as Travis would have did. You're right, and and I feel like the reason the only reason behind that is because Travis forced like we talked about Travis forced Tom and Mark to be better songwriters to be better musicians. Scott didn't do that for them. So yeah, they probably could they probably would have made a couple more albums similar to Dude Ranch, but no, they would have never been as as popular. They would have been like probably like Jimmy Eat World. Tier. What was what was the the doc or the 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 reality thing that came out during the recording of of Self Entitled? And I think oh the um it was the MTV Yeah. One. And there, there was a point. It was uh, just like the making. There was of. a point where, like, Tom was talking about this era of the band and and saying, like, yeah, I, I had all these like for Dumpweed, for instance, and he was talking about how I had these cool riffs, and I, I would show them to like Mark, and Mark would put like a bass line, and then we 
bring him to Travis. I'm like, Travis, can you do something like this? And Travis would like kind of like smirk and like giggle and be like, of course I can fucking do that. <laughs> That's nothing. What you're doing is absolutely nothing. And then like, no, you know what you're thinking of when they're recording down and Tom thinks like, thinks that it's like a, a really weirdly timed riff. So he starts playing it for Travis saying like, I don't know, man, this is really weird. I, I try to find something. And then Travis does like a simple, a simple fucking beat. And it's just perfect. He, it just nail, he I nails swear, it. I, I swear there was something for Dumpweed specifically where, where Tom said that he, he created a riff and it was really great and he loved it. And he thought it was a little a little too oh. aggressive, and he brought it to Travis, and Travis was like, "Of course I could do that." And then, and then because Tom's dumpweed riff was a little bit quirky, a little bit off, Travis was able to like start the beat on the snare rather than the bass, and and yeah. so it was I know it was actually, a different like way of yeah. approaching the, the pop punk song, which made Tom a better writer, which made Mark a better writer because of just a simple thing that Travis did. You know what? I I think I know what you're talking about now. I think it was on the pursuit of tone. That's what it was, the Ernie Ball thing, Ernie yeah. Ball. Yeah, it was the yes. Ernie Ball thing that he did like in yes. 2016 or 2017. Yes. Yes. That's what he was talking about, Dumpweed. And that's yep. that's like that's just a, a little small thing that, that we kind of like gloss over when talking about how much we hate Travis's busyness and this. is is This probably would not have existed. Like, Enema of the State would not have existed without Travis. Like, Travis pushed these guys to be better. Right. Like, they put, he pushed them to be better songwriters, and that's... That's crazy for a drummer to do because usually like the drummer's <laughs> on par with the songwriters, but here like he Travis is so much better. But these guys have the ideas, they have the concepts, they have the melodies, they have they have the the passion. They just don't have like the dexterity to do it. Yep, you know what's crazy to think about too. Um, I was going to bring this up later, but you know this kind of ties in. But if you look at the the writing credits on this record, it's only credited to Tom and Mark because at the time, Travis was only hired. He was hired on as an official member, but in the studio, he was hired as a session drummer, a session musician, not as a songwriter. So he Travis missed out on a lot of the uh, the royalties for Enema, which it sucks for him because, you know, it's, this is their biggest selling record and he didn't receive the same royalties as Mark and Tom, but... But then after this record, you know, it blown up, and then they had re renegotiated their contracts to where Travis was also a songwriter. But but yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know, he's 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 touted as being you know so significant to the songwriting, but he doesn't receive any of the songwriting credits on this record. And I really never, I I mean, I never even thought about it that hard until this week, to where like honestly, I don't think. Blink Blink would have stopped at Dude Ranch if Scott was still in the band. Like they would be, they would be done. Like you said, they'd be another Jimmy World. They would just be, whatever, the, the one and done. Fine, who cares? B tier, maybe A tier at best. But you put Travis mm-hmm. in the band, and it's not just because he's a great drummer. Because we all know he's a great drummer. There's great drummers all the time that that are in bands that are just kind of like weak and shitty. But like Travis does write some pretty fucking good songs on the drums, and he does, and he does push yeah. people in this weird fucking way. I don't know. Didn't read his book. I mm-hmm. don't see it personally, but it has to be true. He does. This book was so he bad. He does push Ugh. people to be better. He does push the musicians he's with to be yeah. better. And like my 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 big thing is with the like the Aquabats. Like his, the album that he played on with the Aquabats is so much better yeah. than anything else the Aquabats have ever done. No, I, that's I, true. And that's it's very, not, very it's, it, it has to be because of Travis, because a lot of the members were the same before and after. 
and I don't I don't get it. But my God, dude, the fear of the Aquabats, it, it's unreal. And that's their second record. It's that's not even their biggest record. record. Like their biggest record comes like two three years later, two thousand five. Really? Oh, I guess because the Yo Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Yeah, Gabba once, once once that got popular, um, that became like a big thing. But yeah, dude, like the Fury of the Aquabats, like that really, in, in like the Aquabats world, like that's everybody's favorite. But even you go back to it and listen to it, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance to it. That's, the Fury of the Aquabats is like they're self-entitled. It's that, it's that yep. like nuanced. Yeah. And it has right. because of Travis. Right. I don't know. God, and then you read about, you know, how they how he got into the band, just going through this real quick. Scott was fired from the band because alcohol issues and they were there was a lot of turmoil with, with him and the rest and Mark and Tom. So they ended up firing him. But prior just prior to that, they had uh he had Scott had to leave for a couple shows, so Travis had to fill in, learned the entire twenty song set in under an hour, played, played flawlessly. And at that time, Blink were actually opening up for Aquabats, I believe it yeah. was. I, I think they were opening up for Aquabats. And Travis was filling in, obviously, for Blink, and then also playing with Aquabats after. And the singer from the Aquabats said after the fact, like, watching Travis play for Blink was like, this is Blink. This is the new Blink. This is the new Blink-182 era, the new Blink drummer. And then he realized at that moment that Travis was going to go to them and leave the Aquabats. And, I mean, the rest is history you know and then travis took over scott was gone and then we have what we know blink as now which i it's crazy we've, we've said this before we've said this before that when when travis was with the alcobats that was a fun thing that he did that was that was goofy but that's that genre of music isn't going anywhere and travis saw that he mm-hmm. knew that when he played for blink even though they were they were they were young they were stupid they were immature that music isn't really going anywhere in the Dude Ranch era, yeah. Dude Ranch could not have progressed further than Dude Ranch. That is it. Travis still saw something in these guys, right? So that's that's like from a business standpoint, that's unreal. He's yeah, you're totally. Maybe right. we're giving him way too much credit. I don't know, but no, I don't. I don't think we are. I I think. I mean, we talk a lot of shit on Travis, but the dude is fucking. He talented, knows music and he writes a lot of great parts. Yeah, he knows music. I mean. Look at Self Unentitled. I mean, how much he contributed to that record. Good Lord. And just how unique that record is. And a lot of it has to do with Travis because going back to to Enema, um, he recorded all the the drum tracks in eight hours. (laughs) It took him three months to record this record and he did all the drum tracks in eight hours. So annoying. And then you go to Self Unentitled, you know, three years later, three, three, four years later, and he's in the room with the guy with Mark and Tom they they rent out that house they're hammering through songs over months i think i think self unentitled took like 9 months to to write and record and travis was there for every step of that process and he was he he put himself in that process intentionally because he wanted to contribute more and this is on top of him doing the transplants too yeah. you know what i mean they the transplants had done the first record they had toured the first record all the while and and not only that, he had just done Boxcar Racer with Tom just prior to Self Unentitled. And then he goes into Self Unentitled. This all happens. Three records in like two years. Three, Three really good huge records, records in two years. Yeah. Yeah. Enormous records. And very different. I mean Boxcar Boxcar really sounds nothing from Blink. Transplants is is on fucking Mars. Nothing sounds like transplants. And then you go into to Blink Self Unentitled and you have that, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable what he contributed in such such a short amount of time and how great it yeah. was. 
But anyway, let's play a little bit of Mutt, and then we'll get into the lyrics and probably other shit. So here's Mutt from Blink-182. There's Mutt from Blink. And what, what do you have lyrically on this? Song? I think you already said it. It was just about, they were written for some guy they knew, a surfer dude, who just had a lot of sex. And that was that was what it was it was written about. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was uh, Tom's old roommate, Benji Weatherly, pro surfer. And uh, yeah, all, he, all this Benji guy did with his girl, that's all they did was have sex. Benji and Joel. So he just wrote it about them. <laughs> yeah, Benji and Joel. So, do we have anything else on Mutt? Should we move, move on? on? Maybe. All right. So, what's your uh, what's your two B? Did I do my one B? Yeah, I do my one B. My two B. Yeah. What's my age again? What's my age again? What's my age again? What's my age again? Where's my Asian friend? So that's my number seven. That's stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that really is stupid. This is like objectively <laughs> a really really fucking fantastic song. It is. It is. But I didn't. It's, I didn't, it's overplayed. I didn't say anything when you when you For said sure. Mutt as your one B. I didn't say anything. But now I'm going to say something because that's just dumb. You're, you're being, you're being silly boy right now. No, I'm not. Just being a smart boy. So what do you got on this one, dude? They like okay. So coming off of the first four tracks, right after you're going away to college, and then you get that transition here. It's mm-hmm. when you listen to this song on a curated playlist, it's it's good, but it's not great because every song on your curated playlist is supposed to be great. So like, what's my age again? Kind of loses value a little bit, and it lost a little bit of value when I was listening to it on Spotify because I didn't care that much. But something about something about on the vinyl when I was sitting there, kind of just like spacing out, drinking my brewskis with the broskis, and then listening to this song. And when this came in, this hit so fucking hard. I was like, wow, this really is the perfect pop punk song. Everything about this is absolutely unreal. It's amazing. It's S tier. This is. This could be like 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 send a rocket into space with one song. This could be it. This could be like the one song you send into space on a rocket hmm. to to tell aliens what Blink One Eighty Two sounds like. This could be it. 
All right. This song's fucking. I don't know, but song's that, fucking god tier, dude. That riff. No, Come it on, is really that good. riff. It is really get good. Get the that, fuck out of here. That clean, that clean guitar. Not only the the riff, but the tone. That clean guitar tone is um, it's perfection. It really, really is perfection. And and bringing it back to how the song fades in, that fade from going away to college into what's my age again is flawless. My God, that 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 ringing out of that last note of going away into this uh, blows me away. I mean, I. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you. It does sound a little bit different on vinyl because when with streaming services and Spotify, there's always this weird like like half a second delay between each track. But on when you're listening to this on on a CD or on vinyl or whatever on a physical format, that that transition is so seamless. It's perfect. It's like it's like um, what's the song into Longview? Oh my God, what's the song before Longview on Dookie? Oh, burnout? No, not Best burnout. Case. Um, chump. Oh, the chump. song chump. chump. Chump going into Longview. It's it's that thing where you know Billy Joe hits that that last chord. It rings out, and then Trey kind of does that that crazy kind of drum solo while the guitar is still fading out, and then it goes into that the toms of Longview. Just it's just perfection. And I kind of wonder if when Jerry Finn Jerry was doing this record if he kind of threw if this part was like a throwback to dookie and the transition between chump and longview because they're very very similar except you know in this song it's obviously you know it's more guitar based than drum based when it comes to the fade to the transition i think it's great i fucking jerry jerry um i don't know What's my age Why again? Is it so low. Let's this, talk about this, what's my age again. Should be top three B's for you. There's no, there's no reason for it not to. It's be a top great three. fucking song. I, I think it's, I think it's just so overplayed, and that's where why do you fucking hear this song? It's the fucking rate. I, I'm telling you. Well, you don't work like a corporate job. Like you're not around a lot of, or you're not around like pop radio a lot. Like you don't hear this shit. So I hear it all Good the time. Lord, <laughs> that's what it is. Like you. You work at a fucking record store. You can play whatever the fuck you want. You don't work with like other people that control the radio and music and shit. You like you should be controlling the radio then if that's what they're playing all the time. I'll tell you that much right now. <sighs> Easier said than done. But uh, but yeah, the, uh, this song is is beyond catchy. Um, I really love like the halftime bridge. It's always great, and then just how it transitions back into the chorus. And Travis is drumming. It's it's not overly complicated, but it's big. And it's catchy. He has a really he has a lot of good um, memorable drum parts on this song that really really stand out. And then two other things, Um, the outro, the outro of this song it's big, big distorted guitars, and then you have the clean guitar line playing behind, like on top of all of that, and it's just it sounds humongous. And then you throw in Roger Joseph Manning who plays keyboards on four of the songs, this being one of them, adding to that that kind of just wall of noise uh, coming at you during the outro. This so is not, I think it's a great way to, to crescendo into the end of the this song. This is not the worst of his piano playing, but this is, uh, this is one of them, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I, say, I would say this there, and all the small things are the worst of his uh, keyboard No, the, the worst of his we haven't even talked about yet, and it's so fucking annoying, I can't stand it. Which we'll talk about because it's my favorite, one of my favorite parts. Oh, uh, you're so annoying. Because I know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> so what do you have lyrically on this well, one? Well, I because I, I don't really want. I do want to go back and and say that that I don't I don't I don't think we need all those little harm parts like like another mark in separate channel just saying what's my age again and then over in the left channel what's my yeah, age again true. like we just don't need that and that's it's it's producer filler. that's Jenner that's, that's that Jerry is. Finn man that's Jerry Finn get the fuck out of here get out of your Jerry, original John Feldman get out of here. Hey man, he was not the OG. No, God, dude, Jerry Finn was much. Better Jerry than Finn that. did no, so it, much great, great stuff. But this dude, he fucked this one up, man. He fucked this one up, left and right, up and down. I, I mind ugh. you, this was like what his third record that he ever produced because I mean, he 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 engineered. He was the engineer on Dookie, but I think maybe this is his third record he ever produced. So he was still he was still learning. He was still doing a lot of cheap stuff cheesy stuff but i would i could never really knock jerry finn especially after what he did on self unentitled along with this toy patch i mean he did a tiger army record that tiger Army. it's not about it's not about like what did he produce he had been in the scene for years and he's he had he had mixed he had engineered he had helped produced he had done other things with with you're right 50 100 200 bands in the past three four five years leading up to this there's no, there's no, no, there's, there's, there's no excuse for this. He fucked this one there's up. There's no excuse. He <laughs> fucked this one up. Did he fucking produce a Smoking Pope's record for God's sakes? Oh, that's right. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so whatever. Um, what were you, what was your, what was your, what was your question? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really care to play this that's song. That's fine. Every, everybody's so, fucking heard this song. Yeah. The lyrics, I mean, what do you got on the oh, lyrics? You, oh, I'm, oh, oh, almost fell on my chair, dude. Lyrics, uh, it's about being immature and enjoying your time, not growing up. What's my age again? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Where's my Asian friend? So there you go. Um, <laughs> I agree. I, I don't I don't think the lyrics are too deep, but uh, yeah, I, I, they're fine. Dude, if you're, if you're 2B is Wendy Clear and then 3B is Dysentery <laughs> Gary or vice versa, that we're done. That's it. We're calling it. I'll buckle up, man, because yeah, my number two is Wendy Clear. We are Clear. calling it. What's your three? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> what's your three? It is disappointing. That's it. We're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that's it. We're gone. Good night. <laughs> when he clears my 9B. <laughs> that is so fucking my dumb. My 9B. <laughs> Niner. You're so dumb, man. Yep. Yep. Okay. Wendy Clear. Okay. So it's it's a very straightforward, simple song. Um, it, it doesn't really stop. It just keeps going. Um, I love the kind of swingy guitar riff during the intro. It plays kind of um, in other parts of the song, but it's it's just a very kind of simple swingy guitar riff. I really like that. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, it's just straight up power chords really driving the song. I'm sorry, it's just I can't believe you ranked it so low. The because the and best be try- the best and- part of this song is that intro riff. The intro yeah, is, riff fucking, is so fucking it's good. It's bizarre. It's bonkers. It's it's crazy. It's nothing like, like anything this. else on the entire album. The <laughs> and yeah. ever, and then Travis and Mark jump in and like just start doing the fasting, but Tom's still doing that slow part. Like that that takes I don't want to say it takes a little skill, but that takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of wit to to kind of like throw that slower riff in there over like the faster instrumentals. That's cool. It is. I just. I feel like you know this is my two B, and I've, I'm having like a hard time explaining why I think it's the second ba- my my two B on this 
because it's such a simple song. Like there's no there's no real fluff in this song. It's a straightforward, big power chords during the verses. Outside of that main riff, it's just all power chords. Um, it just kind of the whole song is kind of this wall of sound, which is cool. Normally, I wouldn't like it, but for whatever reason, it works in this song. I think Mark's melodies on here are really, really solid, underrated. Uh, the second verse hits really fucking hard too, because this is a the, one of the few moments on the record where, or on the 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 song where, it's not this wall of guitars. There's no guitar on the second verse. It's just Mark's bass, and it's fucking rumbly. Like rumbly is not even a word, but it's the best way to describe his bass tone in that second verse is rumbly. It sounds fucking great. And then it just drops right back into the chorus. And then one of the coolest parts of the album, actually it is the coolest part of the album. Fuck it. I'll say it. The coolest part of the album, that bridge when it's just Mark's vocals and Tom's guitar, he's singing that, that, that melody, that chorus melody. Moving on, on, moving on and on and on. That, that fucking organ comes in at the end of that bridge it's it's the perfect flourish it's the perfect thing it's the perfect addition to the song nothing beats that part and then the whole song rounds out that outro rounds out with the organ playing behind everything else and it's loud and then the last thing you hear in the song is that last final note of the organ I, not even the guitar you hear that final note of the organ ringing. i don't i i Amazing. fucking cannot stand that i really cannot stand that. i cannot stand that as <laughs> I much as it. i cannot stand all the small things Oh, you are so. I, I the organ is so. I, good, I generally it's, don't have like anything negative to say about Jerry Finn, but God, he fucking ruined this record. He made this record, but he didn't play shit. the keyboards on it. But he allowed it to it happen. He thought Manny. it would be a good idea. There's a lot of and the band agreed. There's a lot of the, the band the agreed. That, if the band doesn't, if the band knows what they want to do, why would they hire a producer? The band hires a producer because the band doesn't fucking know what they want to do. Therefore, they hire a producer to help tell them what they want to do. And Jerry Finn has dropped the ball on this one. He dropped the ball. Mm, I, I he dropped the ball. Strongly he dropped the ball. He I made feel this like this pop. Is... He made this fucking dumb. He put a lot of stuff in there. Which is fine. Just let the boys play. Let the boys play. That's, Why can't you just fine, let though. the boys play? He's the one he's the one pushing the band. Had he not pushed the band, we wouldn't have had the self Push the band to do push the band to do what? Push the band to do what? To fucking allow organ to do something to different. To allow other bullshit to in do there? something different. Look how much shit they added you know, to the, the fuck they, You don't know what he pushed in record. there to, to, to make him... No. Oh, I know what he pushed. You know what I push. I know what he pushed. I've he seen everything shit he's in, probably. <laughs> pushing, pushing, pushing in time. Dude, Jerry Finn's does some really, really great stuff. Like, it's, it's crazy. But damn. Oh, my God. This is not, this is not one of them. He's done some really he's a, he's done some really good blink stuff. But this is this yes. is not one of them. Oh, you were so fucking wrong. Uh, all right, let, let's play a little bit of Wendy Clear and then everybody can make their decision on it and realize that I'm right. So here it is, Wendy Clear from Blink 182. It might be inappropriate because you're the way your baggage dropped, oh yeah. 
There it is, Windy Clear from Blink-182. Man, the, I, I don't know, the, the streaming version of this, it doesn't do Mark's bass tone justice on the song. That rumbly part in that second verse right there, I just, I don't hear it on on Spotify, but when I was listening to it on vinyl today, it was, uh, dude, it was so good. It definitely hits harder. It's more like burpy and, and lower end, and like a, like a bass, you know, it, it comes through nicer. Like a bass. Like a bass. Like a slap in the bass. Like a bass. So lyrically, what do you have on this one? This is, uh, this was like, supposedly Mark wrote this about a girl he liked, but uh, but he couldn't date because she was like an executive. Yeah, an executive at, at MCA. That's what I read. Is that, uh, could, could this be, I mean, I, I didn't read, there's, there was a lot of things that Tom had wrote, written about these songs early on in some like pamphlet or some shit. Some uh, what do you call those pamphlet yeah. things? You... It was the tour. It was it was the tour book yeah. for um, for the Pop Disaster tour. I think it was something like. But that. then, like later, turned out to be like that's not the case. It was just Tom writing things at the time, whatever. Um, but could this have been about 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 Sky? Could they have met like way earlier than just that, it, that music video shoot? And this is about her. No, everything I've read is that they met. They met during the MTV era and. During the small things, but video this song shoot. is about him meeting somebody he likes, but they can't do anything because of the conflict of interest. True. And then sure as shit, I mean, it could sure I mean, as shit. I don't know. He meets somebody, conflict of interest, and then marries her. I don't know. It could be. I, I don't it, know, dude. It could be that. It could be that. But every all the timelines I've read, I've read about it. Does it doesn't? Make yeah. Well, sense, for the timeline but, was for fifteen, almost fifteen years. Adam's song was about a letter that some fan had written, which came out to be false. <laughs> that's, that's true. Not true. So no, you're right, and it would make sense too. I mean, the song "Windy Clear" and then her name is Sky. I eh, could be. It could be. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll call him. Her. I'll call Mark later on tonight after we're done the pod. Yeah. No, I'll do that. Him. Oh no, just text him, or I could text him right now. I could. Text well, you have Mark his old number. He didn't give you his new number. I'll. Uh... No, no, I have his new. No, no, I have his new number. <laughs> <laughs> we're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's moving move on. on moving on and on. You pretend and like on. you hate this song. This is this, this is what happens <laughs> when we start drinking <laughs> the pod, dude. Hey, you're right. You're right. Uh, Good to be back. <laughs> dude, that joke you said earlier was so dumb. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it in. Why not? Um, that was from fucking Training Day. <laughs> it was pretty. Was he Training Day? Was yeah. it? Oh yeah, I've seen. Training it was Training Day. Day. It was, it was uh, training the guy day? that played. Okay. 
the 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 Mexican uh, fucking it. I think it was the Mexican drug dealer in and tra- Breaking Bad. He was also in Training Day, oh, okay. and he was asking Ethan Hawke if he ever had his shit pushed in when they're playing cards, <laughs> and like stuff was getting like real heavy, real aggressive. And Ethan Hawke's like, "Okay, I need to get the fuck out of here." He's like, "You ever had your shit pushed in?" And, like his veins are popping out of his neck. Yeah, it's from Training Day, dude. I don't remember that at all. <sighs> anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, so let's move on. What is your uh, your three B? Uh, did we talk about it? Scroll, 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 scroll. Oh no, dis, di, scroll, uh, scroll, scroll. dysentery Gary's on my three B. Dis- oh, okay. You're being such a little <laughs> bitch about me having it as my three B. Get the fuck out of here. What do you got on dysentery? So Gary? Fucking absolute banger. I love that little instrumental part before the chorus. They use they use the part in the bridge later on, like that that ease away the problems and the pain. That dee dee dee, but whatever it is. Yeah, which uh, it's perfect setup for like even more rambunctious after chorus, which is which is cool. But like the chorus is fucking boss, man. I, I love it because. You don't hear that like rhythm guitar. It just sounds like three people in a band. You get it's not churched up. It's so obnoxious. And that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, why so can't what, like like Jerry Finn allowed this to happen and Dysentery Gary, the most punk song on the album, kind of like through and through. Mm, I wouldn't say it. no. Dysentery Gary is the most punk song on the album, even more than the party song for no. sure, hands down, easily. No. Maybe lyrically, yeah, but not. Not music, yeah, no. it did. It's it's just it's just fast. It's, it's sloppy. They can't play it live. They can probably barely play it in the fucking studio. They probably just laid down the guitar part <laughs> and then just Travis did, did the drums afterwards because like I'm not even gonna fucking deal with this. <laughs> but yeah, so like why can't yeah. why can't they just let these three guys play? I don't I don't I don't like that. But the chorus here is when you truly truly hear like this is just three guys playing. It sounds the same as it did on MTATs, and this is studio. And it's great. They didn't play this on MTATs. But it sounded the same sorry, sound the same it would be on MTATs because just three oh, guys. Okay, you okay. don't hear a rhythm guitar there. It's just the bass, drums, and that high lead part. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You're no right, fluff. You're right. No fluff, no filler. Let him play. I mean, I would disagree with that only in that in the it's not really fluff, it's just something very different is is Travis's drum beat during after that first verse and then during the bridge too, it's like that kind of bossa nova thing that could be considered fluff because it doesn't make sense in the context of the record, but it's one of my favorite parts of the whole record is that, that drum beat that he plays. I love that. I mean, Travis can do whatever the fuck he wants to do essentially on this record and it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) But man, dude, just throwing it back to that chorus, and you know, life just sucks. I dee lost dee the dee one. Dee I'm dee giving up. Dee she dee found someone. Dee dee dee. Just his guitar playing, you know, underneath his that vocal melody is, uh, dude, it's fucking killer. I love that shit so much. Um, <laughs> dude, everything about this. I mean, the first verse, you know, got a lot of heartache. He's a fucking weasel. It just the ringing out of those notes. It's it's heavier, it's loud, and then the pre-chorus hits, and he's a player, diarrhea giver, which I love that line, diarrhea giver. Who the fuck says that? It's <laughs> it's so childish. I, I love that, but it 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 picks up speed. You're you're building, you're you're growing, and then it then the chorus hits. It's that the big kind of you know grand sound with that 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 simple guitar lead. And then drops back into the vor the the voris the core the Good verse voruses. the voruses the verse and then it just it just repeats itself but then 
that bridge and this is the only this is the only time on the record where they share where mark and tom share lead vocal duties duties um (laughs) everything else is just harmonizing but this bridge with mark i've i think is is amazing it really is with travis's kind of bossa nova beat and and mark kind of singing in that that kind of lower a little bit lower of a register and just nails it just absolutely fucking nails it and then it goes right back into the pre-chorus ah the fast the 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 quickness of that pre-chorus i i I love this song this song is is absolute perfection this is always like in my top three off this record dysentery gary is Mm -mm -mm. i don't know why you hate it so much it's my it's my 3b yeah but it should be higher it's your 3b well it's my 3b because wendy clear and mud are better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but in your, stupid. in your case it should be higher since those aren't higher than dysentery but uh but yeah no what i also wanted to say was when that second that's after that second bridge everything kind of stops and then the chorus drops and then tom just yells fuck this place he just it's so it's so snotty it's so adolescent how loud the guitar is like yeah. how high those notes are like beep like how high on the neck they are dude. i know like, fuck he's playing so high on the neck it's like unless you're soloing there's no reason to ever play that high in the neck even it sounds then, like shit it sounds terrible yeah even when you're soloing like it could sound like shit so but no the way this song builds and just the different parts the song is uh is is remarkable i love this song good so, song Let's play. Let's play a little bit of. Or do we want to play any more songs, or should we just kind of run through them? Because we're like we just, we just an hour and twenty in now. So, uh, so we're lyrically, like halfway through these songs. <laughs> so, what do you have lyrically on dysentery? It's about a. It's about a guy who chose the girl who got away all along. What are you gonna say? No, it's about a. It's about a girl who chooses like the wrong guy, the shit guy, the the dysentery Gary guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dysentery Gary. This, um, we should what that should have been like adopted into like more like like normalized uh, lexicon is, what, is, dysentery? is dysentery yeah dysentery gary oh that guy's so fucking dysentery he's a dysentery gary I'm bring like it back the only the only reason why people know what dysentery is is because of Oregon trail that's the old, I know what it is. the old computer and, game. And yeah this and the song <laughs> seriously yeah that's the only time i've ever heard that word referenced in anything is is that game and this song so but yeah no I'm, I'm with you that's what i think the song is about too um this is also a song that you know lyrically it has kind of like incel kind of um kind of an incel feel to it so it's a song that i feel could be uh controversial in in culture nowadays popular culture okay. nowadays but anyway let's move on let's move all on. right sure okay so oh, your oh, 4b oh. is what Adam a song. That's my eight That's cool. The song about suicide. Or uh Mark's Depression. You know, as he came to to see it. These uh, songs aren't about anything. These songs are just just they they extrapolated like like one small minor feeling or or thought they had and then just wrote a song about it because they're good songwriters, because they can do that. Where where other people have to like go through this huge coming of age or, or this huge like transition in their life 
to write one song. These guys literally just fucking have a thought in their head that is different than their normal thoughts and then write a fantastic <laughs> song about it. So yeah, this song is about like depression, all this stuff. Dude, it's about fucking Mark not having a girlfriend. <laughs> I know, right? That's it. Like, he wrote this fucking banger of a song about just not having a girlfriend. I know. It, it kind of makes you, it kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of also makes me think, you know, kind of going off of what we've talked about Mark in the past, where a little emotionally underdeveloped, you know, he's, he's kind of like taking a bratty approach. You know, he sees uh, Tom and Travis having girlfriends and being, I guess, successful in that, in that way. And he's just kind of crossing his arms and just being a brat about it, you know? Like it's like, come on, dude! It's just a girl. Like if you don't have a girlfriend, then you don't have a girlfriend. Like he's he's, a, he's acting kind of like a child on this song. You know, you're 22, 23 years old. Uh, come on, <laughs> come on, dude! It's <laughs> it's on, real, dude. man. That's that that's that's I don't know what, what's 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 about that and dis, like dysentery Gary. No, you're right. No, I I agree with you on that. But just going off of off of Mark's track record, this kind of adds more to the evidence that he's a little emotionally underdeveloped i mean i do love the song but there's no fucking evidence that that makes it more of the case because we've already established like like in the court of law that he is emotionally underdeveloped but (laughs) that makes for better songs that makes for better songs dude that's why we have plus 44 dude i I still hold that plus 44 is plus 44 is still better than wooden toe dude well it's not plus 44 well it's uh when your heart heart stops beating dude (laughs) (laughs) so uh get it right Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show that has not aged well. It's terrible. I, I would never watch that show. Yeah, again. salute your shorts. It's on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. It is on there. Uh, watch the first couple episodes. You're not going to like it. I feel I like the camp it. would be full of like six kids, and like that's it. That's pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much because it. It's like the, the cast kids. was like six people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it is not aged well. It's so. Dumb. It's so fucking dumb. Dude Ranch, I would be I would be um I'd be more inclined to watch Dude Ranch. You mean Hey Dude? Hey Dude. It's Hey Dude, not Dude Ranch. I got dude, I got Blink Way Two of the Mind. Yeah. You do. You do. Let's get an Adam song though. Why why do you hate (laughs) Adam's song? Go. I don't. I love this song. It's a great song. It's a great break in the record. Um I love Tom's guitar tone on this, both the clean and distorted part because it's the build up. It's it's honestly the build up because that 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 main clean guitar riff that plays during the intro and the verse, it's great. And then just the palm muted clean guitar. He doesn't use much distortion until you get to the big grand chorus part, which, you know, is accented with Roger Joseph Manning, whatever the fucking keyboardist name is. Um, but most most of this song is just a clean guitar and and Tom does a really good job of just making it sound big and 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 unique and, and really nothing sounds like Adam's song. It's very has this I don't want to say a staccato feel to it, but it's you listen to any song that that uses a lot of clean guitar, it's like, you know, just basic chords or whatever, but it's it's his single notes and the way he writes these songs with just these single notes is uh is really cool. It's really really cool. Yeah. I love it. I I really love it. And then just going back into that build up of the song, you know, He's so he he go Tom goes from that the single notes to the palm muted power chords and then he's just hitting those those power chords still clean just hitting those power chords those down strokes just hitting those down strokes super fucking hard and then Travis is hitting the snare Tom snare Tom snare Tom 
and then he does that 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 fill into the chorus and then it just fucking the whole song just explodes the distortion comes in you know mark singing higher just there's just this great it's just fucking awesome i love that build it's one of the coolest build-ups i think the band has ever done it really is adam's song is something very unique and and stay together for the kids is just a cheap knockoff of adam's song 100 percent. it is it, yeah it is it is it is it is man if if honestly if jerry finn didn't 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 muck this one up with all this <laughs> jerry this finn juice <laughs> Then, then Enema of the State could be their 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 magnum opus. It could be their best album they've ever done. It truly but could. Better have been. than it's better than Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Sometimes, sometimes. This it week though. it was. Okay. See, like I'm I'm I I come from a camp where where I'm an emotional person. I I like I I enjoy letting things get the better of me to where my my opinions change on on different things. I I adapt, I overcome, I become a different person. I enjoy that. Yeah. Um you like to be the same person from the day you were born to well, the day you fucking die. Like the day you were born, you thought like Dysentery Gary was your third favorite Blink song on Enemy of the State, and the day you die, you'll think the same, which is nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's what? fine. I I I just don't <laughs> Don't <laughs> wait! Wait to derail the uh, the onslaught of insults there. <laughs> the wool. <laughs> wool. I don't know about that, dude. But uh, you're this wrong. This would be how Chad feels. Yeah, <laughs> you're wrong. Except Will Will does the wool way more until Chad literally fucking stops. He'll go. He'll keep wooling him until he stops. <laughs> Like it, it's it really is. It really is super fucking annoying. Like, because you, you can't. Because because whenever somebody's talking and then and then somebody else goes wool wool, that person now is only focusing on the wool. Yeah, I know. We've already we've already stopped focusing on what the other person is saying. Wool. It's good. It's good. <laughs> now I forgot where I was going. Um, more I more more presidential more presidential debate should should incorporate the wool. <laughs> the wool. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fucking with the hand with the hand too? Yeah, with the hand. If, if, Whoa. I'm like doing it right now. I, do, I am too. I'm doing the hand too. Whoa. So anybody on there, listening, Joe. listening right now, Skip in particular, um, we're talking about Dudesy Dudesy podcast with Will Sasso, Chad Colchin, the one of the funniest podcasts you'll ever hear, and that's what we're referencing. Inside joke, obviously. Go listen to that podcast. It's hilarious. That's all I'm gonna so say. So funny. Dizzy. Um Yeah, anyway. Adam's song. Why do you why do you yeah. hate why do you hate this one though? I don't. I, don't I love this song, man. I fucking love this song. But it's maybe it's a little bit weaker because it is so popular and I, and I have heard it so many times. But I don't know, man. There's I have nothing I I'm not gonna say anything. I have nothing bad to this say. One, I this really one this one has has like crept up in the past like several years for me. Like it's gotten better and better and better. Agreed. Um in the past like Three, four, five years. Yeah, uh, I I do think like the second to last chorus, the second to last chorus, not the last chorus, second to last chorus. That that is like fucking boss, dude. Like like right before the bridge, Travis is just working those toms. Like everything is super low, matches like the dark aesthetic. I think it should have ended there. The bridge. There's a lot of a lot of fluff. There's a lot. I of, like the bridge though. A lot of piano. A lot of synth. I, there's I a lot think of it, other people coming in. It's appropriate because it builds don't back it. into the you just chorus. Don't need it, it builds back into the chorus. You don't need you it. Don't, you don't need to throw a piano in a song 
that's sad just to make it more sad. But it's not like the piano is there like like soloing, you know, it the piano is only there is. to No, it's only there to accent what Tom's doing on the guitar. I think it's necessary. And then and then once the the core the big chorus is hit, Roger Joseph Manning, he also I hate using his full yeah. name. It's so funny. RJM right? baby. RJM. <laughs> the, way, the 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 keyboards that he throws into those choruses make it sound so much more grand than it would have been if it just been layered guitars. You Dude. need that keyboard in there to add that that dramatic feel to the chorus. People that like use like three words as their as their name is are kind of annoying. Except for Joseph Gordon Levitt, he's dope. Otherwise, it's kind of annoying, huh? It is. Well, technically, he uses four because he's a junior. Oh my God! Roger Joseph worst. Madding Jr. Yeah. Dude, Jerry Finn allowed this fucker into the studio. Just, <laughs> we're done. That's it. God rest his soul. But goddamn, Jerry Finn, you fucked up. <laughs> and um, kind of going to music videos, just real quick. What's my age again? We didn't talk about that music video, which I think we should because it's almost. I think it's more iconic than all the small things, because that was the video where they're running around naked. And that it's after almost that, iconic videos of the nineties. Yeah. And after that, they were always like, all everything was like, oh, you're the band that runs around naked, like run around naked here. Like they did that whole thing on TRL right after that video where they 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 had, did like a race through the TRL to, through the MTV studios naked. Supposedly they were naked, and they ran through that. And you remember all that shit? Yeah, yeah. So that was like that whole shtick for like six months, maybe a year. But then Adam songs, Adam songs, Adam's <laughs> song drops, and it's very dramatic it's i think this is a really cool video actually i think this is one of the coolest videos they've ever done okay no you don't agree i i think it's fine i, I don't particularly like it or dislike it i, I, think, I think it's, it's a little I think it's uh, unique. I, think, I think it's a little cheesy for what they did on I the song so. itself yeah okay oh, yeah. yeah yeah i thought it was cool with like the, the the polaroids up on the wall and then it would like zoom in and then show like a a little clip of you know them doing kind of everyday things on tour or just hanging out yeah. or whatever. I, I kind of like that. It no, I I like that it showed the showed like the human element of the band. That's what that's what the video showed was the human element of the band because all the small things and what what's my age again were so wacky. They were so bizarre. But we're but, not getting like the human element of the band, especially from that song, because everybody thought it was just about. We were led to believe we were we were duped into thinking that it was about a fucking letter a fan wrote to the band about suicide, and that was not the case at all. True, yeah, no, you're right. But dude, like like the, like the video for "What's My Age Again" is is not like one of the best videos in the '90s, but it's for sure up there in the most iconic videos yeah. of the '90s. Yep, it's got to be like top ten most iconic videos of the '90s. I mean, every, everything about it. I mean, not just like them running around naked, but it's, you know, the TV the TV shows that they ran through, like the local KTLA news, like the sports channel that set that they ran through. And then just like the overall tone, like the, the color tone of it, it had that very, that 90s It's the LA yellow. tone. That should be called yeah, the LA fucking, the LA, that should be called the LA tone. LA tone, yes. It's that very yellow kind of gritty look yeah. that, that all videos based in LA look like, or movies based in LA look like that's what it all looked Dude, like Travis is like virgin skin with only a yeah, handful no of tattoos, tattoos. yeah <laughs> and the whole thing about the porn star too like on the cover and like the band didn't even like know it was a porn star until well after yeah so yeah let, let's, ju- let's jump into that real quick so yeah the cover artwork it features Janine uh Linda Mulder maybe I'm pronouncing mispronouncing her name but 
but yeah, no, she was a porn, a very popular porn star. And yeah, they were given like a, like a stack of models and, and various women to choose from to be on the cover. And they just chose her thinking probably, you know, she's hot, you know, why not? Yeah. And not knowing that she was a porn star. And yeah, I think her, her, I mean, she was popular prior to the, this record, but I think this definitely catapulted her, her, uh, popularity. For sure. She's on so. the cover of fucking diamond selling record. Yeah. Fucking, she was probably on, I think she was probably on the rolling, like Rolling Stones magazine, you know? Yeah. She was all over the place once this record dropped. Dude, the 90s were a good era for music videos, man. I was just thinking, fucking Fat, fat Boy Slim, Praise You. Remember that video, video where the, yeah. the guy outside the movie theater is like, yeah. teaching those people to dance or whatever? Oh, my God. Well, Buddy even, Holly? Even look at look at a Weapon of Choice. Well, was that 90s? Weapon, Weapon of Choice was 90s, right? Yeah, that was 90s. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing video, too. But then also, 90s videos are really bad because if you really think about a lot of the videos that came out during this era, there's it's a lot of, like, bands running you notice that like i've heard other like people peppers, like fucking uh anthony kiedis what where does he run oh yeah and uh, by the way yeah he runs i feel in like that, he's always that. running he's always running what's my age again they're running the whole video is about them running um like sr71 remember that band great mm-hmm. they had that mm-hmm. great song they're just running from fans like so many video for whatever reason it was this weird like phenomena in the 90s where music videos were always based around the band running away from something else or it was somebody running away from somebody else NSYNC's uh, Bye 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 it was the band running away from their fans and running away from other people everything had to do with running it's it's a really weird thing and other people have brought it up but yeah it's it's really really bizarre that's all music videos in the 90s god good 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 videos in the 90s though (laughs) okay just saying all right all right. Intergalactic. That was 90s. It was. Right? Beastie Boys. Oh, you're right. That's a great video, too. No running. But I think sabotage, like Intergalactic, may, I think like sabotage, Intergalactic there was maybe a lot of my most favorite music video of all time. Really? I think Sabotage yeah. was a better video. Because sabotage like, like Intergalactic is what. Video. I mean, Hello Nasty. We're not doing Beastie Boys, but Hello Nasty is what like, really, really got me into Beastie Boys. Like I that's mean, that yeah. was the first one I bought when it came out. I yelled at my mom. My aunt bought it for me, and I just that was <laughs> yeah the whole thing. We're doing Beastie Boys soon, but let's yeah. get back to Blink. Yeah, back to Blink. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, we talked about Janine, her being the nurse on the cover. Also in the video for What's My Age Again. Also the video for Man Overboard. She came back for that video as well. Um, and then she fell on kind of hard times, you know, with drugs, and she went to jail and all this kind of shit. Um, she got super tatted which, up too. Have you seen her? Which is like, with all the tattoos. I've seen her like when we I, like fairly in the fast the fast the fat the past five or ten years. Yes, yeah, she's like, just got super tatted. Yeah, I don't know, that's why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to be nice. So, so there is a uh, there's another so so Man Overboard been a long time the uh, 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 Enema era song. Yeah, that was redone and, and refurbished or whatever. But I didn't know until this week that there was another song. What the fuck is it called? Life's so boring. Yeah, I never even knew this song existed until this week. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it was a it was just a demo. I don't think there were any lyrics on that song, but uh, but yeah, no, that that's just a demo. And then yeah, apparently they had recorded like a version of Family Reunion, which they did live on MTATS. But yeah, the, no, the, that was another kind of B side from this record. But then they were doing that. They were doing Family Reunion during the dude ranch era too because there's a video on the urethra chronicles dvd or video 
where um, Scott's playing drums behind them and and Mark's rapping it, which is actually pretty cool. But smoking a cig too, cig Mark. Ooh, never seen Mark smoke cigs. Yeah, he barely he smoked cigs for a very short time. He was cool in. Anyway. You probably smoke cigs like I smoke cigs, where I just I, I literally did it just to be cool. Hated <laughs> it. Never inhaled. Only like hold them in my mouth and then blew it out like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Dude, cigarettes are so fucking cool. They really are. I've I've smoked like people look like so honestly cool in my life. Smoke cigarettes. They do. They. That's why I did it. Yeah. It, it, was, it was only when I worked at Virgin Records. And I, I, I've only I've only actually inhaled about a half a cigarette my whole life. Really? But I've smoked probably like a pack and a half, maybe two packs of cigarettes. But I've always just held it in my mouth. Really? That's weird. But why? I've smoked hundreds of cigars, but because I wanted to be cool, because every, I like know, but why didn't you inhale? But why didn't you inhale? Like it's so obvious when you don't inhale. I didn't know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because like fucking like legit like with asthma, every time I inhale any okay, kind of okay, like like sense. burst yeah. of smoke in my lungs, I cough. Like I yeah, cough yeah. hard. <laughs> so that's why. I, that's why I fucking do. I don't know. You know, it's so weird. We even bring this up. I was talking to Tammy about this like two days ago. We were talking about cigarettes. She's like, "Oh, I miss smoking. I love smoking." I said, "Yo, it smoking's cool. It, it, you looked cool when you smoked. Like I liked I liked the way you looked when you smoked. You looked really rad. Look tough, yeah." And then and then we were just talking about smoking, and she's like, "Well, you don't like smoking." I said, like, "I love smoking. If I, if it had no health effect, I would be chain smoking every day. I think it looks cool. I I I'll be I, flicking I, my butts everywhere. Hell yeah! <laughs> I I personally like the smell of cigarette smoke. I really do. And and then you know I was thinking back, like when we'd go to Vegas, you know we'd smoke cigars, we'd smoke, walk around smoking cigarettes just because we could, you know, because you could smoke cigarettes anywhere in Vegas. So we were just, I remember just us walking, or maybe not, well, you did sometimes. You did mostly cigars. Yeah, but, cigars. I never smoked cigarettes. But no, we, we would, I, I remember buying like packs of cigarettes just to go out to Vegas, just because I knew I was allowed to smoke anywhere I wanted to. You get a fresh pack of cigarettes too, and you open them up and you smell inside the carton, yeah. inside oh, the box. Dude. Ooh, it smells so it's like good. candy. It smells yeah. so good. It smells great. And, and you know, and you know what? Fuck the menthol stuff. I hate menthol cigarettes. Yeah. I you really can't even buy them anymore like in California, can you? Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. I, I thought they outlawed them. I don't think so. I don't I'm think pretty sure they did. No, I don't think they banned menthol. But no, I, I, anyway, menthol sucks. I Yeah, fuck that. Cigarettes, though. You're cool if you smoke. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on from Adam. Do we have anything else on Adam's song? No, that's it. All right, it. man. We've gone through over half this record. We got really seven, eight record. We've gone gone through eight songs so far. There's there's only one more song that we like need to at least touch upon, and that's I, I feel like it, that's Aliens Exist. Okay, let's do that. It's my eleven B. That's, that's my eight B. Okay, that's too high. But what do you got on this one? <laughs> okay, I really. I really <laughs> 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 it's not even that high. Fucking bottom tier B. Like. It's Still not that I. I, I, I really, I really hate the build up to the actual song, like the beginning of that this intro? part. I fucking hate it so much. I can't stand it. I think it's goofy. Um, after the first verse, I enjoy this song a lot, a lot more than yeah. previously. Once the palm mutes come in, really is when the song starts to become um, like really good. In the live version, always better than than the the studio version. Yeah. But I think I think this song has just become like this this martyr for Tom. And it's probably frustrating, even more so 
than what's our uh, fucking small things. Small things for him. I, I bet you this song has become like his most hated because it's a good song. It's a good song. It's got a good melody. There's a lot of good parts of it. The instrumental bits from the chorus to the verses are actually really, really solid little parts, like yeah. cool, like pacing things. But I think people use this to kind of like, oh, make fun of him and, and things like that. So it probably sucks for him to listen to the song because of the bad association he has with other people to this song. True, yeah. But the song's not bad, dude. The song's pretty fucking dope. I agree. I, I think I, I agree with you, too. That intro, that like five-second intro with that, that drum beat and then the, the quick little palm mutes, it's so unnecessary. Oh, I hate that so much. Like, expand the intro to be something longer or just don't put it in there at all. Like, just start the song with the verse. I mean, I normally don't like that, but that intro is so unnecessary. But and I think, like, the bridge, yeah. the, the the whole dark and scary thing, I think that's what pop punkers thought they were going to sound like. If uh, That's what they thought Black Sabbath sounds like in their pop punk minds. So when they when they did dark and scary ordinary, they oh let's do like a Black Sabbath bridge here. That's what they think it sounds like because it's goofy, <laughs> it's a little dark, it's a little heavy, mm-hmm. but it's 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 all that in like a childish way. Yeah, you're right. But I will say that also the um, Tom's guitar tone on this, the 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 best way that I can describe his guitar tone is juicy. Those palm mutes are just fucking juicy. They there's just the perfect amount of like reverb, distortion. It's just it's it's the perfect tone. Honestly, the perfect fucking tone with those palm mutes on this song. Um, and then the the build up and the bridge that leads into the bigger sounding chorus to finish out the song is is also really great. And uh, and what I what I you know kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying, like how the song is is something that I feel like he doesn't really like too much, but he feels necessary to to play. Even like with Angels and Airwaves, like he even when when we used to see Angels back yeah. when they first started, he would play the song acoustic. And then the last time I saw Angels was late 2019, and Tom played this song just acoustic, and he played the chorus. And then at the very end, he let those those notes ring out. And I swear to you, everybody in the crowd said Tom has sex with guys <laughs> and then he just starts laughing he had, he had to like walk away because he was laughing so hard but you everybody in the crowd not? Did you have to guys those and are it, true yeds right there those are true yeds yeah, right there every single person in that audience at house of blues did that it was so perfect so fucking perfect <laughs> but uh yeah anyway <laughs> aliens exist is solid i mean even though it's it's my 11b i i love this song i love this fucking record Dude, the only song worse than this for you was small things. Is all the small things. Yeah. That's exactly. fucking that's fucking crazy. Yeah, so so do we want to talk about the remaining three songs? Or should we just say where they are in our rankings? Uh maybe we can say where they are in our rankings. All right. What do you got? Don't leave me my ten B. Okay. <laughs> what do you got? Uh going away to college my six my six banger. That's my five B. What's what's don't leave me? It's my nine. Oh, what are you fucking yeah, laughing at? And anthem, anthem, is my, anthem is my six B. That's my ten B. Okay. The That's you wrong. know I time bomb. It's so dumb. I hate. I've always I hated time that. bomb. I time bomb. It's that pause. This song's so end. fast and like this song's really aggressive, dude. This is a fucking punk. This is a punk song here. 
it is during the court like the verses not so much the verses have the, the big guitar riffs and then it and then it it drops into that that fast you know punk chorus it's it anthem is it's an okay song it really is it it's just a fill like a, a filler song on this record oh it really is anthem is okay well that's wrong so yeah, I guess we're all we're all good here. Good, yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's give our final thoughts on Enema of the State. Give our um, yeah, give our final thoughts and then rate the record based off of our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got? Go. Oh, I like this weird relationship with this album it goes up and down in my rankings i love it sometimes most of the time i don't like it i still don't don't appreciate what jerry finn did with this jerry. i i appreciate what jerry finn did overall jerry. in his career what he accomplished i think he'd done some fucking unreal things um but this is this is just not one of them it's just not he fell short there's a lot of things here i, I think he he added that took away from the music and i think that's really the biggest downfall of this album i think if he was not doing what he was doing this mm-hmm. could have been the best blink album of all time <laughs> this could have this could have surpassed dude ranch in the way that i love dude ranch this could have been a better toy page for for decades prior to today this week um so that that's my only complaint really is is is, is jerry finn wow. and all the small things that sounds fucking whack dude um <sighs> that's wild man I just, I, I, dude, awful, awful. Let him play. Just let him play. They can do it. Let him play. Get, I don't get the Jerry Finn hate. I really don't. I don't hate Jerry Finn. I hate you what do. he did on this album. All you've done is talk shit on Jerry Finn. On this album, correct? Yes. Again, okay. we we can we can look at his report card and look at all the stuff that I love that he did, but not this album. I think he fucking dropped the ball on this album. I think he tried way too fucking hard to make a name for himself. Still a little early in his career. So he'll be making fucking add things in here. Which is kind of funny because he actually did also produce MTATs. Um, I think he played guitar in MTATs too. Like added guitar work like to MTATs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, th- this this album is, is iconic. This is probably the most important pop punk album that has ever been. This is probably like objectively the best pop punk album that has ever been. I don't think any band that that pretends to play pop punk was not influenced by this. Even if you mm. fucking released an album before this, I, I don't think that you didn't look at this and think like, wow, that's what we should have been doing. This is what we should have been doing. Because this is uh this is it, man. This this is like the goat. This is the goat of the pop punks. That's yeah, where it all ends. That's where it started, and this is where it uh that's where all it ends right here. <laughs> Um, so with that, so I, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a perfect three. Obviously, oh this is God. a perfect album. Yeah, this is great. Unbelievable, unbelievable. This is Blink One Eight Two. Blink One Eight Two. We're talking about here. Come on, this is a perfect band, perfect album. All right. So my final thoughts. Uh, I think this is this is the epitome of pop punk. Nothing better than this one. You people could try to argue Green Day's Dookie, but there was still it was more punk than pop punk this is polished perfect pop punk it, it has the busyness 
you know, whether you love it or hate it, it's it's perfect for this time because bands tried to do that business. Look at look at Newfound Glory. You know, they they tried to be busy as well, but it didn't it didn't work the same way it did with Blink. Um, the melodies are here. There's great fucking guitar playing. Yes, Tom's not the great greatest guitar player, but he has some. He can write amazing guitar lines, and um, this album shows that. I I'm not as critical on Jerry Finn as you. I feel like this was necessary for the scene. This is necessary for the band. I don't fault him for it, especially because it was so so early in his career, um, his short lived career, I should say. And uh, yeah, with he was that, so young when he died. I know, right, man? He died in 2009. You know, 10 years after this album came out, he died. And he Oof. was, the, I mean, I think he was probably in his early mid-20s when, when the, he did Enema. He was fucking young, man. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Enema of the State, like you 2 um, not the band U2, but like you as well. <laughs> I was just thinking U2, the band. <laughs> <laughs> like you as well. This album really fluctuates in my rankings, and this, this week is... Uh, I've loved it. I fucking loved it. And uh, I don't do this often, especially with Blink. I don't do this very often. This is a perfect three out of three. I mean, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And uh, and you would know that by listening to this episode because you've gotten this far. You've gotten over almost two hours in. So I don't know, man. That's all I got for this one. Do you have anything else on Blink or Enema? Anything? That's it. That's all. Right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, follow us, talk to us, hang out with us, because we're the best. And that's it. That's all. Uh, because I could do whatever I want. I could have multiple dingers. Oh, I hope Blaine uh, is not your dinger. <laughs> I have two stinkers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just so fucking bad. Blame it on my youth. Oh. And also, really wish I hated you. I really wish oh, I my... hated you. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Both of those songs are. <laughs> when he really drops down into that register, it's so bad. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody thought that song should have been on this record. Everything about those two parts are so goddamn good. And like the Fallen Interlude tries to do this, even though it was before, like the Fallen Interlude tried to do this. Hearts All Gone really? perfected this. I think I think Fallen Interlude's better than the Hearts All, Go- Hearts All Gone Interlude. Oh, that's wrong. I, I really think it is. Uh, that's that. See, I don't think you, I think, I think you fell on your head earlier this week. Um, <laughs> probably earlier while you were listening week? to this. Yeah, so that's probably why you think this, but that's okay. I mean, you'll you'll recover someday. Until we get later on in this, in this God, in this you, you probably, you know what? Your next one is probably the self self entitled, right? Self unentitled. You just fucking wait, because you're so fucking dumb this week. Oh my god! All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> carousels just dude. Carousels like one of the best Blink songs of all time. So like, I don't know. What do you what do you mean? I mean it I, is the greatest. I can't. I, Blink song of all time. I don't want to be like other people on this podcast. Not you or me. I'm just saying other people. I don't want to be like other people on this podcast who just say Carousel is their favorite track for three different albums. Because when we get to MTAT, I swear to fucking God, you're going to say <laughs> Carousel is also your favorite track from that album. <laughs>
my number two is it's it's a toss up between dogs eating dogs EP. This is where I throw Whoa. dogs eating dogs. I, I let me let me rephrase that. This is where I throw Whoa. dogs eating dogs. Um, and also neighborhoods. Neighborhoods is my proper number two. That's malicious. <laughs> you have animal. This, no. Oh, you have self entitled your number one, of course, because you're predictable. Go ahead. Okay, this is fun. Um, so yeah, dogs eat. Let's let's go through dogs eating dogs real quick. It really irritates me. But it's true. It's who true. cares? But like that's the best uh, descriptor I could possibly but you say it use. In such a negative to why way. I don't like this. But everybody says it in such a negative way. Because I don't that's like so most of Angels and Airwaves. I oh, like this. I like I like the sandwich of Angels and Airwaves. They're first and they're last. Everything else in between, like I could give two shits about. Maybe an EP here or there. But I don't Ugh. like that sound. And I don't I sure as shit don't want that sound fucking infiltrating my blink. Get out of here. But that's how he writes right now. Get up and get out. Get out. Uh, you, I want you, you to leave. You I want you to leave your room. Else, you and everybody else who like neighbor or don't like neighborhoods are exhausting. I like neighborhoods. I enjoy this. I think of a while ago we might have had it all. Uh, and then how he wants to go home and have phone sex with one of those sex lines, which don't exist don't anymore. Exist. Or at least I don't think they exist I'm sure they anymore. probably exist, but maybe I don't, you, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, you remember when we were kids and teenagers, like you'd be, you'd be up late at night watching TV and say, Ooh, call this number. 1-800-HOT-FUCK, you know, baby. 1-800-BIG-FUCKING-DICK. <laughs> Or <laughs> fat wiener, or whatever it is. You just, yeah, it was always something really you stupid. Just choose no, any adjective and, 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 and noun afterwards. It was always a one nine hundred number because a nine hundred number you would have to pay for. Eight hundred numbers are toll free, so you didn't pay for it. So the nine hundred, it was always one nine hundred. You know, blowjobs or something. I never called nine hundred. Like we called like eight hundred numbers because it would answer like, "Oh, hey, baby." Thank you for calling one eight hundred, fucking big butts, <laughs> and then we just hang up because <laughs> we're scared. One <laughs> but it's very of its time. Like the nineties were about those sex lines. They're fine, dude. If you're if you're two B's Wendy Clear and then three B's Dysentery <laughs> Gary, or vice versa, that we're done. That's it. We're calling it. I'll buckle up, man, because, yeah, my number two is Wendy Clear. We are Clear. calling it. What's your three? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> what's your three? It is we're, That's it. We're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> that's it. We're gone. Good night. <laughs> Wendy Clear's my 9B. <laughs> that is so fucking my dumb. My 9B. Niner. <laughs> You're so dumb, man. Just going off of off of Mark's track record, this kind of adds more to the evidence that he's a little emotionally underdeveloped. I mean, I do love the song, but there's no fucking evidence that, that makes it more of the case because we've already established like like in the court of law that he is emotionally underdeveloped, but (laughs) that makes for better songs. That makes for better songs, dude. That's why we have plus 44, dude. I, st- I still hold that plus 44 is plus 44 is still better than wooden toe, dude. Well, it's not plus 44 say that. is plus 44, Well, It's uh, when your heart, heart stops beating, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, get it right. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show that has not aged well. It's terrible. Yeah. There's there's only one more song that we like need to at least touch upon, and that's I, I feel like it, that's Aliens Exist. Okay, let's do that. It's my 11B. That's, that's my 8B. Okay, that's too high. But what do you got on this one? <laughs> okay. 
I really, I really <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that high. Fucking bottom tier B. Like, it's, it's not still that too high. high.